Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Please give me five stars if you like this podcast. It helps so much. Tell a friend, tell your dog sitter or pet groomer, right, Tracy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground on Instagram and check out Free Spirit Podcasts, that's with an S.com, where I have digital products and services, including my metaphysical TV guide. Today, we are speaking with someone amazing, with animal communicator, pet psychic. What do you like best? Pet psychic, animal communicator? Uh, probably animal communicator, yeah. animal intuitive. Oh, I like that, animal intuitive. Whatever label you choose, she is extraordinary, Tracy Shannon. I've hired Tracy twice so far to communicate with my dogs and cows. First time communicating with cows? First time with cows. <laughs> and she's done a phenomenal job. She answered questions I was dying to know about my animals and definitely improved the quality of our relationships, their lives, and my life. In 1998, Tracy left the corporate world. Okay, I have to ask, what did you do? I was in the insurance industry. That sounds so boring. It was boring. You know, I went, <laughs> did everything from administrative work to executive assistant to managing. Did you like the corporate world? Um, I was not passionate about it. But, but did it, you do well? Yes, I you did. See, see, I don't do well in the corporate world. I don't have the personality for it. So, mm -hmm. interesting. Anyway, so in 1998, Tracy left the corporate world and began to devote her life to spirit, Mother Earth, and the animal kingdom. For over two decades, she has been helping people deepen their divine connection to the animals and Mother Earth through her communications with animals who are alive and in spirit. Mm -hmm. In fact, before we started this podcast, what did you do? You called in Mother Earth. I did. Yeah, there you go. The best part is during this cluster of COVID, Tracy can communicate long distance, so either over the phone or virtually. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. You can find her at Tracy. That's Tracy with an I-E. So it's T-R-A-C-I-E, Shannon.com. And it's a beautiful website. Did you get that made or did you make it? I had someone make it. Yeah, it looks awesome. Thank you. And the best way to contact you is through your contact contact form or book a session on the website. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And all of Tracy's information will be in the show notes. All right. So for our first animal communication, uh, I was really impressed with how my dog Jake immediately responded to you. It was the craziest thing. It was as if you were having a conversation with him. I mean, you weren't obviously speaking out loud, mm -hmm. but you could tell in your mind you were having a conversation. I've never seen him act that way with anyone else. And also my dog Tia, I don't know if you remember, but I've never seen her do this. She came behind you and kind of curled up behind you and sat behind you. Mm -hmm. I've never seen her do that with a guest ever. So I thought that was interesting. I could literally tell you were communicating with him. How does the process work? How are you able to communicate with animals? I have to quiet my mind. Mm -hmm. I have to quiet the chatter. And then as I quiet the chatter, I think of a beautiful loving energy coming in to surround me. Okay. Because that's what I feel the, the animals exist in. Yeah. 
just told Tracy to watch. Chad, we're I laughing. Know. We're laughing because I, I, I said watch talking with your hands because sometimes if you do it over the microphone, it picks it up. And I do it too. And I talk with my hands all the time. I, me too. Me too. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> what I do is I feel I step into this loving energy and it's full of compassion and patience and it's it's challenging for me to describe it at times to articulate it because it's something that I've always done so it just comes very naturally to me so I think the easiest way to describe it is it's just a place of calm and peacefulness and mm -hmm. that's where I meet the animals because that's where the animals exist they exist in the present moment and they exist in that loving energy of vulnerability. So okay. I meet them there. If I allow myself to be open and vulnerable, it makes it so much easier for us to connect. Okay, so you get into a meditative state, but it's not a deep meditative state. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And then do you feel that you have to raise your vibration in order to do that? Yes. And do you use any techniques to raise your vibration? That's a great question. What I do is I place my attention on my heart center, on my heart chakra. Interesting. And I visualize the energy of my breath moving wow. in through my heart chakra and filling my lungs. And then I visualize that energy exiting my lungs as I exhale. So that brings me right into my body. So I get out of my head, I get into my body and wow. into my heart center where really all the action occurs. That's so cool. So that's how you're able to communicate. And then how do you start to hear, do you start to hear voices? Is it feelings? Is it, how does this work? It's all of that. It really okay. depends on how the animal chooses to communicate with me. Okay. I can hear what they're saying. I'll see words. They'll send me images, whether it's a photograph type of in it, wow. image or moving images. Uh, they send me feelings. And so what I begin to do is they help me in interpreting what information, what message they are wanting to give to the person or the people hmm. or the group that I'm working with. That's so cool. That's so amazing. When did you realize you had this gift? I realized I had this gift when I was five. I just felt really comfortable around the animals and I could feel what they were feeling and I could understand what they were thinking and I could feel that they were unafraid of me. It was this very symbiotic relationship that I developed with them. And they always felt so safe around me, so I knew that there was something there. Hmm. Um, there was one time where I'd heard that old wives' tale. I was probably six or seven. And there's the wives' tale that says, if you pour salt on a bird's tail, it won't be able to fly away. Hmm. So I'd heard that, and there was a robin in the backyard, so I thought, well, I'm going to go see if it's true. So I picked up a salt shaker, marched out to the bird, and the bird didn't move. I poured salt on its tail, and it flew away, and I thought, yeah. well, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. So I knew that there was something special there, but I didn't put any words to it because I didn't think I had to. I figured everybody had that same connection. That makes sense as a child. And did you tell anyone 
Oh, yes. I shared. As a child, did you tell anyone? Yes. I shared the experience with my family and with my friends. What did they think? Um, it made my family uncomfortable because mm. I was marking myself as being a little bit different. And my friends just kind of listened and didn't really engage any further than that. So I started to learn pretty quickly that it wasn't something that everyone did or that everyone was comfortable with. Yeah, isn't that a shame with metaphysical people mm -hmm. when we have our gifts and we express it and we're shot down? I mean, everyone's been through Edgar Casey. I did a uh, episode on him mm -hmm. and he's been through it. He was completely shot down by his father. And then the father ended up actually using him in an abusive way later in life because of his gifts. Mm -hmm. That's the shame of it. So. It's just, uh, I wish I wish our gifts were embraced since childhood. Mm -hmm. What a different world this would be. It would be. It would be it a totally be. different world. But I have to say I don't regret anything that happened. Oh, good answer. Yeah, because it all happened for a reason. Yes. You know, it all happened in order to prepare me for where I am today. Because yeah. I did have people calling me names and making fun of me and you know, making fun of me during groups. So during what groups? Uh, so if there was one time where I was working with a group of children and their horses and, mm -hmm. uh, the trainer was off with the audience okay. making fun of me and what I was presenting. And you know, it's okay because yeah. that is really, a re when someone makes, were you an adult at this point or a teenager? Oh yeah. This was a few years ago. Oh. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But people have called me crazy and whacked and yeah. You know, it's yeah. just part of the process. It's of... a badge of honor at this point. Oh, completely. Because I'm crazy. I mean, you listen to this podcast. I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am the most crazy whacked person. That's why I always say this podcast is going to go on forever. Yeah. Because I have so many issues. So anyway, that's a whole nother thing. One question I had asked you before that you said no one else asked you mm -hmm. is what do the animals' voices sound like? I had heard that cows speak slowly, but you said not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it depends on the person because each person is going to have a different way of connecting okay. with the animals. Okay. So I feel it's based on the person's level of vulnerability, level of frequency that's going to allow the information to come in quickly or slowly. When you hear that voice, and I know it's different for every animal, and sometimes you're not even hearing voice, you're just getting images, but when you hear that voice, what does it sound like? It sounds like my voice, okay, but a little bit further away. Okay. And what that means is there isn't the, there isn't the emotional charge yeah. that's attached to, our, to my internal chatter. Right. So it's very smooth, it's very peaceful, and yeah. it's very direct and honest without being edgy or angry because <laughs> okay. sometimes those thoughts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So unfiltered thoughts. Correct. There you go. When I started to communicate with my animals, I told you I had to get in very deep meditation, very deep meditation. And my dogs, I heard their voices and Jake's voice was very quick. It was a very quick, direct voice. But Tia had this strange, slow voice. She was speaking at me. And I know I would have never made up a voice like that for her. Mm -hmm. I would have made up, you know, a cutesy little voice. But it was kind of this really strange, like, hi, like that. 
okay. I found it bizarre. Then when I tried to communicate with the cows, mm -hmm. I had told you this, that they all were screaming at me, so I had to stop it. Mm -hmm. Not screaming in a negative way, but they all wanted to be heard at once. And I, it was just too much, so I ended up stopping it. So mm -hmm. what do you recommend if that happens? Which part? Sorry, I'm That's okay. <laughs> no, I just want to be clear which one you're asking about. Does that sound right to you that I was communicating with them with the voices I was hearing? Yes, absolutely. The interesting thing was, okay, with Jake and Tia, so you now can distinguish who is talking to you mm -hmm. because you know what Jake sounds like, you know what Tia sounds like, and you also, I'm going to ask you, how did you know that it was Jake and Tia? Because I think I... I asked them one at a time. Okay. And that's how I knew. Okay, yeah. so that's great. There's also going to be a feeling that comes in. There's going to be an energy around the voice that's going to help okay. you confirm who it is. Okay. Whether it's Tia or Jake. Okay. And then with the cows, all them all wanting to be heard at once. Yeah, they were so excited. Yeah. To have someone to have you being willing to hear what they had to say. And it's perfectly and I have to do this at times too when I'm working with an animal and it's really excited, it's going to talk really fast. And I have uh, to ask them to slow down okay, so that I can get the message across okay. succinctly. Okay. And I'm at this place now where I don't have to ask them to slow down as much. Oh, good. But in the beginning, that's what I, I had to do. I used to say, okay, you got to slow down because that was a lot of information with words and images and I want to be able to make sure that I get the proper message across. So then they go quiet and they allow me to process so that I can then give the message to the human. That's amazing. Okay, cool. Great advice. I was impressed with how you had answered my burning questions during our two animal communication sessions. For example, my dog Tia hates bugs flies, bugs, she's terrified of them. She will get up and leave the room if she senses any type of bug. And I can't even see it flying around. We can't even see it, but she must sense it. I asked you about this and Tia told you that when she was neglected and in a dirty home, she was a rescue, flies would bite her and that's why she was so scared. Can you tell us any other amazing stories of discovering a rescue pet's past? It's interesting because the pets that I work with don't, for me, they don't talk with me a lot about their past unless okay. they're asked specific questions. So most of the time they're expressing their gratitude for where they are oh, when they're in a good home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. I had one horse that I was working on who actually, I experienced a, a past life healing. Wow. Yeah. Which was incredible. And it happened so organically. I didn't see it coming. It wasn't something that I was planning on doing. Wow. Mm -hmm. So he was sharing with me all of this incredible information in an order to uh, heal because he wanted to heal. Can I ask what? Yeah, absolutely. So I was called in to do some body work on this horse and I started doing some massage therapy on him and he just was not comfortable with the pressure. So I instead switched immediately to Reiki. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that he started taking to. 
So over the course of five Reiki sessions, he began showing me images of a past life that he had lived. What was he, a horse, a human? Uh... He was a horse. Okay. And he showed me that he was in this place. It looked like uh, a desert. Okay. He belonged to this man and the man's son. The son was about 10 years old. Okay. And what had happened was the, the man would beat the horse. Right. And so the son got tired of watching his father beat the horse. Yeah. So he ran out to uh, stop the father from beating the horse, stepped in between the dad and the horse. And the horse had reared up in the process. Oh boy. And when the horse came down, accidentally struck and killed the boy. Hmm. So there was a tremendous amount of sadness and grief oh. that the horse was carrying. Yeah. And also the rage from the father. And I imagine that horse was put down after that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the father swore that he would make that horse's life miserable for eternity. Yikes. And then he killed the horse. Yikes. And... What had happened was, again, over a series of five sessions, the horse showed me a little bit more. And each time I was working with the sadness and the grief that the horse was feeling over that, he would let some more of his um, sadness from the trauma from that go. And he, in this lifetime, had foundered, which is a very painful hoof disease with the horses and it can cause irreparable damage. Wow. So he would get a little bit better each time I came in and worked wow. on him. And there was one point where he had finally began to let go of that previous life. And what was interesting was in the final session, the man showed up hmm. and he was on the horse's back. Hmm. So he told me, that's when the man told me that he said to the horse, I'm going to follow you through eternity and make your life miserable. Yeah. And so I was able to communicate with him Wow. and say, your son is waiting for you. Don't you want to stop being in the state of anger and rage yeah. and go be with your son? And the man's energy started to expand and compassion started to come in. And as that happened, the horse stepped in between me and the window and the sunlight came in through the window. Mm -hmm. And I said, your son is waiting for you in the light. Do you want to go to him? And the man released himself from the horse's energy and moved into the light. And within a week, the horse made a full recovery. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's so much better than selling insurance. Yeah. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> you have such an interesting job. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly powerful. It was. And again, it all happened so organically. Hmm. So I call myself a holistically trained animal intuitive because it's the animals who teach me how to do what I do. In all your years of doing this, in general, what are our animals trying to tell us? What I found is that the animals are trying to tell us that embracing our vulnerability is going to heal us on so many levels. It's going to bring a level of presence and love and compassion to our lives like nothing we could ever see coming or ever, ever expect. They're asking us to get out of our heads and into our hearts because mm. that's where they exist. They exist in the present moment. 
and they always move through life so gracefully without being stuck in their logic. They don't think their way through things, they feel their way through things, hmm. through situations, through communications, through their survival. They, their survival instincts are such that they can be in the most extreme weather and they know how to survive mm -hmm. because they don't try to think their way through it. Mm -hmm. They feel their way through it. Mm -hmm. And that's what provides them the opportunity to expand into greater opportunities of living and being. And that's what they're trying to ask us to do. So that reminds me of, I guess you could say Wim Hof or some of these other mm -hmm. methods where you're in the ice bath or you're you know, taking, cold, taking a cold shower out in extreme weather. Mm -hmm. And he's telling you to just breathe your way through it, right? Feel your way through it. So that's what that reminds me of. Yeah. Is that kind of the same thing? Yeah, that's a great way to articulate it. And then in regard to, uh, what did you say? Our vulnerability. Mm -hmm. They want us to embrace our vulnerability. Correct. Okay. So that reminds me of, I remember, you know, when I started to regain my metaphysical abilities or turn it back on or whatever you say that I started to really study being an empath mm -hmm. because that's what I am that's what you are that's what most of us are and I remember I went to this group and, and you see it online too you see it on in articles and podcasts whatever that being an empath is a superhero ability and I never got that because I was always like you know what you think about the corporate world and you think about American society and what's valued it's money right? It's money and it's power. That's mm -hmm. about it. But now, well, lately I've, I have been seeing it as a superpower because I think it's a healing thing. If we can all embrace that vulnerability or our empathic side, then we can heal the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, vulnerability is seen as a weakness. There you go. Mm -hmm. Right there. It's not seen as a strength. Correct. And it's, it's really hard to try to change that mindset, especially I think Tracy with our age group, mm -hmm. you know, I always say on this podcast, I grew up in the eighties where everything was about money. Everything mm -hmm. was about status. And now it's even more. Right. So it's, it's hard to switch your mindset around, mm -hmm. but working with the animals, that's one way to shift that. That's one way to shift that. Now, if you don't have a pet mm -hmm. and you want to engage with the animals, how do you do it? Just with the birds flying by or how, how does that happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can easily work with wild animals just okay. as much, uh, just as easily as you can with domesticated. Okay. Yes. And what I suggest people do is they learn how their communication works because everyone can do this. Yeah. I believe everyone is born with the ability to connect through their empathy, telepathically, it's just, it's trained out of us. Yep. Because again, that means that you have to be vulnerable. Mm. So what I recommend is that you figure out how you learn. Once you realize how you learn, you mm. can take that and start applying it to other areas, like wild animals to birds, raccoons, foxes, um, so what do you mean how you learn? Okay, so I learn through um, reading and watching. Reading and watching the animal or researching or what do you mean? Researching anything. So I learn by reading, watching, and doing. 
Okay. That's how I learn. And that's how it gets in and sinks in and becomes part of um, my process. So if I were to just... Can you give me an example? Because I'm trying to... Do you mean reading? You go online and you read? Mm -hmm. Yes, online. And then books. watching what? And then watching a video on how to do something. Okay, and then so, doing it. Correct. Okay, and now it, I understand. It doesn't have to be about animal communication. It can Got it. be about how you learned in school. Got it. Okay. So you take that process and then you can begin applying it. Ooh, I have to think about that one. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a really good point. No one's ever said that to me before. That's a really good point. Yeah, so if you want to learn about animal communication, for me, I would recommend getting a book on animal totems or going online and researching yeah. animal totems. Because if you find that a crow is crossing your path constantly, yeah, it's not random. How do I communicate with the geese out here and tell them I don't like them and to leave? I do not like Canadian geese. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a nice thing to say, but there is so much feces, geese poo, mm -hmm. and it drives me crazy, and then my dogs eat it. Mm -hmm. So what would I do? Okay, so what I would do is I would go online, Okay. and I would Google goose animal totem, Okay. and see what message the goose brings. Okay. Now, the goose is going to tell you that they are making an effort to keep the... Um, cycle of nature nature but the cycle of release mm. in a balanced manner whatever because <laughs> what happens is the geese eat the algae stop in the really in the pond so they're eating the algae and so what happens, among other things, right, the bugs and... It's a good point. You're making good points for these geese. Yeah. So what happens is they eat that and then they'll poop it out. And yeah. so the dogs are going to eat it because there's something in there that they need in order to balance their system. Mm, okay. So, so I shouldn't get mad at the geese. Um, you can get mad at the geese if you want. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And you can tell them that you don't like them being there. Yeah. And then what you can do also is ask them why. Okay. Why they choose to be there and okay. how can you work together so that the poop isn't all over the place. Yeah. In areas where your dogs can get to it easily. So start having a conversation with them. Okay. And then see how their answers show up. Okay. That's just it. It's a matter of being patient with yourself and okay. allowing the answers to come. Sometimes what happens is they come through images. Yeah. It'll come at um, a time when you're not really paying attention to anything and suddenly this wisdom drops in. It's almost as if you have those times where you forgot to go to the post office yeah. and you're just going throughout your day and you get home and suddenly, boom, there's that thought, oh, I forgot to go to the post office. That's how the wisdom will drop in sometimes. Okay, cool. Just in the middle of nowhere in a place where it doesn't make any sense. Okay, cool. So if you don't have a pet and you're in the, the middle of New York City and you know, you're constantly seeing this bird on the line, on the, what do you call that thing? Telephone wire? Mm -hmm. Then you can communicate with that. Right. Yeah, so that's a good strategy if you're listening to this and you live in the middle of a city. Yeah, ask it what message it has to share with you. Because okay. there are hawks in the city. There are squirrels yeah. and chipmunks and rats and all oh, of yeah, those things. Oh yeah, I forgot. You can, yeah, <laughs> you can communicate with bugs too. Yeah. Anything, anything. Yeah. Okay, perfect. 
All right, so I try to communicate with my animals and sometimes I do. In fact, the day you came, later on that evening, Tia communicated with me through the television. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay, no one was home except me and I wasn't talking. And yes, I will admit, sometimes I do talk to myself, but at that point I know I wasn't talking to myself. I went out to get wood for the fireplace and I came back in and across the TV it said, is mommy got to do some wood? I couldn't believe my eyes. I texted you a photo and I will put that photo on Instagram this week. And that TV in that particular room, I've received other messages through the TV. It goes on and off by itself. We know the previous owners of the house, we're friends with them, they never had an issue in that room. So of course, you know, it's linked to me because I moved in here. We had an interesting um, phenomenon happened where one night, I don't think I was watching anything, but all of a sudden the TV came on, it was really loud, and it said something about an elevator company, and then it showed the address in the city. I thought it was strange. The next day, the person came who's, who's very attached to the house, and the person's father was very attached to this house. She said, I think, I told her what happened, and she said, I think my father worked at an elevator company. Wow. Yeah, so I think he was trying to send her a message. I'm still here, I'm still attached, I'm still looking over the property, I'm still looking after you. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's the room, the room's right there. We're not in the room, it's right over there. <laughs> but I couldn't believe that Tia did that. Have you ever heard of something like this happening? Mm-hmm, absolutely. I have, I know people who are in their cars and a song comes on, and it's a song that wouldn't normally show yeah. up on that station and it reminds them of grandparents or parents or friends who have passed away. So absolutely. Okay. Every, everything, everyone is connected mm -hmm. and they are gonna get to us in the easiest way possible. They're gonna communicate with us in the easiest way possible. Sometimes it's through the television, sometimes it's through the radio and yes, lights are gonna flicker. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have surges here and there, yeah. Okay, cool. So the concept of this podcast is to be enlightened or live your life two inches off the ground. How do animals live their life two inches off the ground and what can we learn from them? I feel animals live their lives two inches off the ground by being in the present moment yes. all the time. They're enjoying what they're experiencing. They don't hold grudges mm. at all, they are so easy to forgive. Mm -hmm. They give us love, they give us compassion, they're patient. And I feel that because of those qualities of the animals, they are providing us with an opportunity to teach us yeah. how to show up in the world in a way that's going to bring us closer to our heart centers. That's what I wanted to repeat today. Some of your messages were so invaluable. And so you're saying embrace your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Drop into your heart. Stop with the chatter of the mind. Get into the heart. And you said you do it through breathing, right? Mm -hmm. You breathe so you're in your heart. You imagine your breath going into your heart, mm -hmm. correct? The third one was figure out how you learn. Mm -hmm. And I thought those were the great messages of today. Do you have anything else to add? I would just say have fun with it and oh. don't put too much pressure on yourself yeah. to be perfect or right and let the animals speak to you 
in the way that they want to because sometimes their messages are going to come out of these strangest places <laughs> like a television or just out of the blue and ask ask them to help you understand what message they have for you if we don't ask then we don't invite in the energy to be present in our lives so we have to ask and sometimes that's the hardest thing for people to do is ask for help but the animals are so willingly able to be present and helpful and that's what they want to do they really want to help us so until next time learn from the animals right tracy mm -hmm. connect with the animals around you thank you so much for coming today and speaking to us and enlightening us and you'll you're coming back hopefully to talk about channeling yes absolutely i would love to and yeah. thank you so much for having me i'm so honored to be here and you should be <laughs> I am. <laughs> and be a spokesperson for the animal kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. You can find Tracy at tracyshannon.com. That's Tracy with an I E. You all your information will be in the show notes so people can contact you and book a session. I highly recommend. Great. Until next time, live your life. Two inches off the ground. Thank you, Tracy.